It is good to have you here this morning. This, I will tell you the rest of the story in just a minute, but this morning when I was in preparation and, and what I prepared through the week and my notes, and I went into my office, and man, I, I tell you, I, I racked my head forever, and, and, um, and I was getting ready to leave, and the Lord spoke something else to me, and uh, that's very rare that, that that happens that way, but that's the way it happened today. So I want to speak to you, and, and I want to ask you, what is the environment like in which you live? And some of you are saying, oh, this sounds familiar, because it is. What is the environment like in which you live? Is your, is your family uh, um, a lot of good things, or is there a lot of bad things? I think there's a, a reason why the Lord had me shift this to this message this morning. Um, he knows things that I don't know, and he knows things that all of us don't know. Now, I didn't have the sense to listen to him when I first went to my office. I just sat down and started going through my, my notes and, and, prepare, and preparation. And, and I told my wife, Linda, for, right before I came up here, I told her that I changed at the last minute. If I had listened when I first went in, would I had the whole time prepare this even more? And even to be in prayer. But I wonder what kind of environment we're in. What kind of environment am I staying in? What, is my, what occupies my time? What occupies my thoughts, my patterns? And everyone, no one here is exempt from this because even in the lives of believers or unbelievers alike, it's the same, in, in the same battle that goes on with, with our time and what goes on in the environment of our life. Are you stuck? Are you feeling hopeless? Are you liberated? Are you free and happy and glad? Is everything perfect in, in your life? Well, I can tell you right now, everything is not perfect in our life. It isn't. But one thing about it, I can have liberty and still be free. Are, create, are you creating an environment that, that causes people to thrive or drawing the very life out of them? I was talking to someone in the last couple of weeks, and, and they were in a situation that everything they'd done, there was, there was life being drawn out of them. They couldn't do anything right. There was always a negative uh, a heaviness when they walk into their house. They, they would go home and thinking it was a place of, of liberty, but it wasn't a place of liberty. It was a place of heaviness. And it wasn't anything that came from God. It, had, it came from someone else. And a wrong spirit upon you or a wrong spirit, a wrong thinking upon ourselves can, can influence everyone in our family, make everybody in our family absolutely detest life and hate life. What does your home feel like? When you walk in, is it, is it welcoming? Is it homey? Is, is, it, is it cold and different? I think about my wife, and it was, we get a little later in the years, and, and whenever the, the girls are gone or whatever, we go in there, we sit down, and we plop, and we sit in our chair, and, and we watch reruns or watch the recorded versions of The Voice. And you don't know how many times my wife says, I miss the girls. Because the environment is, is different. It's different when they're not there. It's not bad. It's just different. What does your home feel like? Do people want to dwell in it? Do they want to linger there? What environment can you transfer 
you come to church in. Let me just talk to you before you were, you were here this morning. And if you're here, man, you need to be open and just give it everything you have and listen to everything God says and, and the worship and the word and the closing. It's just such an important thing. And then tonight, it's just, it's just a different atmosphere, but we're still in the presence of believers. And the attitude is still influenced by us. You know, I've been around people before that, that in church, in church, and they can have such a heaviness upon them that they spread it to everyone else, and it, and it causes a blanket upon the whole environment. And hopefully, hopefully this morning you can walk into a different environment. Do, people, do the people get drawn into your environment, or do you get drawn into theirs? Do people get drawn into your environment, or do you get drawn into theirs? You're, uh, I can have a, a great attitude and go into any environment and I can change it. And I can have a rotten attitude and then go to the holy and the greatest environments and totally change it. It may not influence everybody, but it influences me and those right around me. And that tells us a lot about the, the, the power of influence in, in our environment and, and what's going on. Now, I don't know each of your lights, but I know, I know some of you don't have the, the best surroundings or the greatest atmosphere maybe to leave here and go home to or maybe you came out of. But I'm going to tell you, it's important that you make decisions to establish what's right and wrong in your relationships. If you're going, I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Luke in chapter 5. You think that, you may not think this is anything that's in, in Scripture, but boy, it is. It is such a powerful presence that each of us carry. The right environment, the right environment, this is the first point, the right environment is necessary. Let me go back and read it. The right environment is necessary to open your faith, to operate in faith. In faith. The right environment is necessary to operate in faith. In, in Luke chapter 8 and verse 50, we had Jesus in a very complicated situation here. And he's speaking to the people. So, so, so just read along with me, if you will. When Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not, only believe. And she said, and she shall be made whole. Now, this is the first statement. And that's important. But I want you to notice the next couple are things of, of only negative. And, the, and the, the impression other people put upon these Upon the parents of this one whose daughter had passed away. <clears throat> when he came into the house, <coughs> when he came into the house, he suffered no man to, to go in except, say, Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother. Well, this is the scenario. He was walking into this house to pray for this little girl. And let's say there was like seven or eight or 10 or 20 other people that were crying and weeping and, and they were paid mourners and that's kind of public knowledge, but they were paid mourners and they, they would put on a show and cry and be well and, and lament over, the, over the, the passing of this one. But Jesus, 
In verse 52, and she all wept and bewailed her and said, Weep not, she is not dead, but she sleepeth. And they laughed at him and to scorn, knowing that she was dead. Now, it's important to know this part, and that's why it's in there. Verse 52 and 50, 53, Jesus had to recognize them for what they were, and he cast them out. And you may not think that's a big deal in your life, but let me tell you this. In your environment, in your home life, and, he, and you as a husband and a wife, you have the, the power to invite and, and, and encourage faith, or you have the power and the, the might to cast it out. And verse 54, and he put them all out and took her by the hand and, and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came to her, and she arose straight up, and they commanded to give her meat. This girl would never have been resurrected. She never would have been raised if there had not been a, a little bit of dominion taken and t- cast in that environment. Man, this is so many times I've been in a, a rotten environment around people, even in work, and, and even in work, it just applies. You can go into an environment when, where everybody's talking and everybody's saying things that are in derogatory sense, but it's up to you to determine what the difference and outcome is. It really is. It isn't always everybody else's influence, it's about the power of our influence. I, I get in, well, let me go to my notes. 54, 54, 55 showed how important was the attitude. How important was it? But sometimes my wife is, is just a remarkable lady of faith. Sometimes she's negative. Sometimes she's giving me a lecture. And sometimes, well, yes, she is. And sometimes I get in trouble about things. But there are times that she sits down, and like I give this example of the night, Wednesday night when I was here. She gave me a scripture. She gave me, told me to break it down and, and interpret it. And interpret it in, in how I would, I would see it. And, and she would start talking about uh, bringing out faith in, in this interpretation. I won't go into detail. But she really, really encouraged me, encouraged me in my environment because in my environment, I was getting darker and darker and depressed or, or whatever you want to say. But she brought a, 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 a brilliant light to a situation that was hard. The next place I want you to go is in Genesis chapter 1. This is an order of things, and everything has to have order. But in Genesis 1 and 2, God established order into things that the, that the atmosphere was correct for, for production, and for, for blessing, and for uh, prosperity, if you will. Chapter 1 and verse 2, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was dark, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness is upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In the beginning, this is so important that from this time on, every little, little miracle, every creation, every person, every animal, everything that went on, it had to do with the proper order. And in, in your life, in my life, if we don't maintain an order, if we don't maintain an order, our lives will become out of order and they'll become unfunctionable. And you'll, am I making any sense to you? In every one of our lives, we have to have order. You wonder why your life is, is so disarrayed and, and so many problems sometimes. It's because you don't take authority over it and you don't bring, a, 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 you don't bring the order and the environment to your life. Well, get my thoughts together. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, and now Genesis chapter, 20, chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. And God said, let's make man in our image after our likeness. 
And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle. I'm going to stop here for just a minute. We know that in the beginning that a lot of things were great and it was perfect. There's a man called Adam and Eve. And we know the scenario and we know that they fell in chapter 3. But in chapter 4 they began, they began a family. And they, had, I don't know if they had not taken um, a lot of extra steps to bring order to their life. But their environment began to change. They had two sons, and one was called Adam, one was called Abel, and one was called Cain. Remember those guys? And the older, the older one, Cain, he, what did he do? He slew Abel. What was that environment around, about? You can look at, I'm just going to go there. Chapter 4, and verse 3 through 5, then I'm going down. And in the process of time that came to pass that the fruit of the ground... The Cain brought the fruit of the ground as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought the firstlings, did you hear that? The firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering and to his offering. But unto Cain he had not but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. This is an environment, and this is a critical point. At his time, he, felt, he felt that it was silly, he was, he was frustrated, and, and it was God's rules that he wasn't uh, meeting. And he brought the fruit, he thought it's fruit and vegetables to be accepted, and God didn't accept them. Verse 6, and the Lord said unto Cain, why, why are thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? It is so, it is so frustrating in every one of our lives, and you know who I'm talking about. Uh, not here, obviously. But in your family or in your situation, when someone is downcast and someone's aggravated and someone's heart is not into whatever they're doing, it is obvious that their countenance has fallen and they're not, they're not apart. Cain was mad because something didn't go his way. Abel was just content because he brought the firstlings. He didn't think he was supposed to. But Cain had a very important encounter with the Lord. And Cain, and the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you wroth? And why is thy countenance fell? If you do as well, shall not it be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And what shall be his desire? And the rule of him, and the rule over him. But Cain talked to Abel, his brother. When it came to pass, they were in the field. They rose up against Abel and slew him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel thy brother? Isn't it amazing how fast we can become relentless and ruthless in the way we view things? And it's all because of the environment that we create. I'm not saying that we are gods or there's anything supernatural about us. I'm not at all. But I'm telling you, there's little things we create in our homes and in our own personal lives that are detrimental to us. Chapter 1 and 2 of Genesis were great. God was pleasant. Adam and Eve were married and had, they were naked, you know. It was, it, was, it was something that wasn't offensive. It wasn't something that they took to heart. But when sin entered in chapter 3, the first thing they done, well, I talked about this Wednesday night, the first thing they done is they sewed themselves fig leaves to cover the sin. 
we all have little things that we, we try to cover and we try to cover them up. And we, instead of dealing with them, honestly, when we deal with them, we get victory over them. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. think of an environment, you think of someone being in charge and, and barking orders maybe or, or whatever it may be or, or maybe a, uh, a real compliant person It's real sweet. Um, you remember teachers you had in school. If, if you're out of school, you remember them. If you're in school, you still remember them. And there's teachers that you had that you went in their classroom and it's such a peaceful atmosphere and you're drawn to them and you couldn't wait to hear them talk and them to teach and they were great influencers. Then there was others who so just went in, they wanted to get it over with and get you out of their hair and you walked in and there was no respect and there was no drive to listen. But in this situation, we have someone who understood authority that we don't always stand. But I want to, I call this one, who's in charge? Chapter 12, verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, and to buffet me. Lest I should be exalted above measure. So let me stop here just for a second. Why did they, why did he have this messenger of Satan introduced to him? Because of the way he was. He had great, great gifts and great, great revelation. But if he knew, that God knew that if, if he was left to go, that there would be no restraint upon Paul and he might fall back into his old ways. So lest I should be exalted above measure through abundance of revelation, there was given unto me a messenger of Satan to buffet me. How many of you have ever felt like anybody's been a messenger of Satan? Seriously. You walk into the house, you go, oh, oh your, whole, your whole countenance falls. Everything about you depresses. For this thing I sought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my, in my weakness, for strength is in my weak, mm -hmm. for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities or my sicknesses or my weaknesses than the power of, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions. In other words, everything changed. He thought, he thought this was a, possibly an attack or, you know, that's the Lord to get it away. But in, his, in a sense, it was revealing to him exactly what he needed. He needed to become more powerful in Christ that he would not become elevated himself. <clears throat> it didn't happen the way he wanted, when he wanted, or how he wanted. <clears throat> I'm going to speak just for a minute about this. Your life may not have ended up in, the, in a sense of the, the way that you thought it should. And you may, you may have things that have happened a little out of control. If your life didn't happen the way you wanted, or maybe, maybe it didn't happen the way he wanted, or when he wanted, or how he wanted. And some of you in this room are exactly the same way. Maybe your marriage is less than bliss. Uh, you know, I said my wife corrected me and it also encourages me, but I have a good marriage with my wife. 
She has a great marriage with me because it has to go two ways. But one thing that is very, very detrimental to people is a lot of times they grow distant from their wife instead of growing closer. And then all the environment and all the things on the outside, they enter in, and now our, our marriage is no longer a union. It begins to bring a division in our life. And in your life, if, it's, if there's things that seems to be going wrong, I have an answer for things that go right. Listen, <clears throat> a lesson he was learned, he, he learned how to become stronger and his attitude was critical. I'm gonna go one more place. I'm gonna do it a little different than I did Wednesday night. Luke in chapter 10. And this is not a passage I haven't shared a lot from in the past couple of months. But you have to create an atmosphere of worship, of change and provision. <clears throat> Some of you are saying, what do you mean create an atmosphere of worship, praise? It doesn't make any sense to me. There's a lot of things that come about when the, the environment is correct. There's a lot, of, a lot of troubles that come into our life when our attitude or our worship or our atmosphere is not correct. First thing we have to do, we have to learn to serve. And then we got to be a visionary teacher, be a quipper, do all these extra things. But I want you to notice what happened in the Good Samaritan. Verse 25, behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, why shall I, shall I do to, inter, to inherit eternal life? He said, what is written in how readest thou? And answered, he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all the heart, thy soul, with all the strength, and with all the mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. As thyself. And he said to him, thou hast answered right, and this, this do, and thou shalt live. But this is where we get some time. And maybe you're here right now, what's wrong with the atmosphere in which I live? Maybe you're, maybe you're <clears throat> easily offended. And you, you're, what's wrong with me? What's, what's so good about you? There isn't anything good about me. But there was things about my environment. If I come back and get the worship team to come back. <clears throat> there is something about my atmosphere that I create that is, that is better than it has been. So here we have this guy trying to justify himself. And he says, Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus didn't give him a direct answer. He's, he's rather smart on this, and he kind of avoided the direct answer. And in, in verse 30, he said, And Jesus answered, and a certain man went down to Jericho from Jerusalem. And he fell among thieves and stripped him of his raiment and, and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came a priest, which is a Jew, and he passed by on the other side. And there came a Levi who passed by on the other side. But then there came a Samaritan. Now I want you to notice that every one of these are in the same situation. Every one of these are in a situation they could they can make something better, they can leave it alone, and it would only get worse. And it's the same way with us. We're in situations that can get better, we're in situations that we can get worse. And if we're all, some of us are maybe in a place that we're just complacent to be where we are and we just exist, and I guarantee you it's gonna get worse. And he went to him, verse 34, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wild, set him on his own beast, and brought him in, took care of him. 
On the morrow when he departed, he took the two pence and gave it to them and said to them, I'll take care of him. And whatever thou spendest more, will I, that more when I come again, I will repay thee. And which of these two? He was, they were all three in the environment to create an atmosphere. And I begin to think about us. Is the atmosphere of my life better this year than last year? Better this year than it has ever been? Or is the atmosphere of my life extremely bad? I want you to bow your heads with me. I want you to begin to play. You know, serving the Lord doesn't make everything it doesn't make everything perfect it sure has an influence upon us on the way that we live all created atmosphere which we live in every one of us myself very much so my wife so with my kids our, our grandkids are beginning to create atmospheres in which they dwell in if you will sit back and look at your family look at your different ones in your family look at how they're living and how they're thinking and how they're operating they're creating an atmosphere and it's either an atmosphere of, of great things or, or, or things make sense and things are going correctly or, th or they're creating an atmosphere that's not, not too beneficial. And now the same is going on in every life that's here. And you need to help. You need help. You're tired of living in an atmosphere of heaviness and, and just dunk. feel that like there's someone here in particular who's wondering about their life all the directions that it has went but the atmosphere is something that you welcomed but there is an atmosphere that's better it doesn't mean everything's perfect but there's atmosphere there is an atmosphere that is better
years ago, when we, well, three years ago almost, that we built this church. We, we designed this platform and decided to put altars all down the front of it all, all the way around. And there was one thing in mind. That is simply a place of humbling ourselves saying, God, I am lost. God, I'm at my wit's end. Now this morning, I'm, I'm going to be very specific on speaking to. It doesn't matter if you are a Christian or not. You may be an unbeliever. You may not be a Christian. You may be a Christian. But there's things that's went on in your environment, in your home, in your house that become chaotic. And you've lost a sense of direction. And I'm going to ask you to come up to a place benefit of me, but this is the benefit of you, the benefit of change, the benefit of creating a different environment that you, that you are in, that your kids are in, that your parents come to visit, that you and your wife can have a better relationship. We're all products of our environment. But there's a time that we have to say, I've got to change my environment for something to be different. I've got to change my environment. If you're here this morning, anybody, that your environment is in need of, of change or an overhaul, as they sing, I want you to come out and begin to make your way to the altar and surrender, surrender it to the Lord. Would you this morning?